Welcome everybody to Big Valley Grace. Welcome to all of you that are watching online. It was fun to be with you at the beginning and I'll be with you when we're finished here. And um, hopefully you got, uh, you know, plans for today. And my wife and I's rhythm, my family's rhythm, we go over to the La Rosa's house and we swim and we eat and we blow things up. And we have our annual bocce ball tournament. And Kendall and I are always, uh, you know, a team. Have we ever lost? We haven't lost, have we? And we got, we, I mean, there's trophies, the belts. I mean, we make this a big deal. The bocce ball tournament, we've, we've never lost, okay? Connor, good luck to you this year, okay? You're not gonna take us, but um, it's always fun to, to do something. And man, when you think about a moment like this, we celebrate, man, just what this country represents. Wow. Man, today's a fun day, and hopefully you have a great time with your family, friends, whatever, and, and um, don't forget what, what it's all uh, about. Well, I want to welcome you again. We're in a series here at Big Valley Grace where we're sprinting through the gospel of Matthew. And what I mean by that is uh, we're not going through it verse by verse here on this platform, here on the weekends. We want you to go through it verse by verse. We gave you a bookmark that has uh, every week broken down. And uh, together as a church family, we're going through it verse by verse. Hopefully you're reading through the gospel uh, uh, of Matthew at home in your own time. Up here, what we're doing is we're looking at maybe a, a chapter and giving an overview of a chapter or maybe two chapters, or like we're gonna do today, we're gonna look at one story, one parable that's found in Matthew chapter 13. And hopefully, um, you know, when we're done, it will lead us to a great time to remember the Lord's death, his burial, his resurrection, and his soon coming in this moment that we call communion. And um, so, with that said, I wanna set up the message in a kind of a unique way. We sent our uh, video crew out to interview one of our farmers. And uh, check this out, look at the jumbotrons. My name is Lonnie Skiles, one of the pastors of Big Valley Grace, and with me is Cody Skiles, and we are distantly related. His dad fell off the boat somewhere, and we all landed in this place. But uh, uh, anyway, Cody's one of the members of Big Valley Grace, and we're out here in, in his field, and a, a field that he just recently planted. Uh, we have a variety of almonds that are here, and... Um, Cody, tell us a little bit about it. I know that you have planned just a few weeks ago, but what yeah. did you have to do before you got these trees in the ground? Tell me, tell us a little bit what yeah, happened. Yeah, the, the ground prep, that's a, that's a huge part of, uh, of the planting process and okay. getting that ground ready, getting the soil ready. Um, whether, it's, whether it's taking an excavator and digging the holes out or deep ripping with the, and we're going five, six, seven feet down, mm -hmm. um, sometimes deeper, depending on what soil's underneath there. Um, so making a, our, our whole entire goal is to make a nice bed, a nice soft soil for, that, for those trees to be planted in, um, allowing the 
your roots to really grow and flourish quickly. And, and at this age, these trees, they take so much more work. Yeah. At a young age, there's so much that can go wrong right now. Once they're older, once we see trees like that, you know, they're older, yeah. it's a lot easier. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more on, uh, you know, put the cruise control on and you have to yeah. do a lot less. Yeah. Um, you don't, you still have to do stuff, but yeah. you have to do a lot less. Yeah. But at this age right here, you still have, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, so you can tell the difference between an orchard that's prepared well and not prepared well? Uh, you can eventually, yeah. You will see, you will see that a, a difference between those two. Um, the softer the soil, the better that the roots are going to grow and expand and, and become stronger. That tree's not going to blow over. Okay. Um, that tree's going to be healthier. Okay. Um, it's going to accept more nutrients. It's going to find more nutrients. It's going to find more water. Okay. That's a huge deal. Water. So, what is what do these trees need? Uh, you know, we got them in the ground. Yeah. We deep ripped it. But what else do they need in order for this? Um, orchard to be productive? Uh, it's continual maintenance. Okay. It's continual maintenance. Once they're in the ground here, it's pruning. Okay. Um, it's it's feeding them water, obviously, okay. as we got the drip line out here and and uh, and because we don't get enough rain, so we have to supplement the water okay. here. Um, and then, so it's nutrients, sunlight, okay. and water. Okay. And, then, and then our job is to continually prune, maintain, keep the okay. weeds down, and, and keep that going. Okay. And then what's your ultimate aim? What, what does this all lead to? Harvest. And Harvest. what does that mean to you? I mean, we, they're, they're going to produce nuts in some form or shape or another, yeah. but ultimately when we talk yeah. about harvest, yeah. what are that, we really looking for? That's our that's our yield. That's the harvest that we get. We get to process those almonds. We get to send them in, and we sure. and that's how we pay our bills. That's how we feed our family. So sure. that's how we take care of ourselves. And the bigger the harvest, the better the harvest, The bigger right? the harvest, the better the harvest. That's right. That's great. That's right. That's great, Cody. Man, Thanks so much for sharing this. I think we got some good material that's here today. Yeah. It really connects with what we're going to be teaching about this Sunday. And yeah. uh, thanks so much for no problem. letting us be in your field and, and talk to us about your crop. Yeah, no problem. Wasn't that good? Wasn't that good? Come on. And it, it, it just makes sense, right? If you're going to plant something and you want it to grow, you gotta really get the soil right. You gotta, there's a lot of work that goes on the front end and then once the seed's in the ground, then you gotta do some work to make sure that thing keeps growing so that there's a harvest. And the story we're gonna look at today is all about that. It's the story or the parable of the four soils. And this is what I wanna do before I read it. I want you to think about your own life. I want you to think about what soil best represents where you're at right now as I read this. Because you're one of these four soils. I don't know which one. Maybe you're not even sure which one, but I think it'll be really clear when I walk through this, when we hear what Jesus had to say, and you'll know, ooh, I think that's me. Oh, that's, that's where my soil is today. So Matthew chapter 13, okay, verse one. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. That's the Sea of Galilee, when he says the lake there. A large crowd soon gathered around him and he got into a boat. Then he sat there and he taught as the people stood on the shore. He told them many stories in the form of a parable such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. 
He scattered, as he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they did not have deep roots, they died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. And still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much has been planted. Anyone with ears should listen and understand. So imagine you just heard that. Okay. Is this a farming class I'm in? Now Jesus is gonna explain what he just said. Look at verse 18. He says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds, the farmer being God, the father. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and they don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches it away, and the seed snatches away the seed that had been planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those that hear the message and immediately they receive it with joy. Hmm. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing in God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those that hear God's word, but are all too, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. And we'll stop there. So this is what I want to do real quickly. Uh, I want to give you the primary message that Jesus is sharing with us. He's, he's telling us about the kingdom. He's telling us about how people end up in the kingdom. He's basically trying to communicate to everybody, this is how people go from being a lost soul headed for a Christless eternity into becoming a follower of Christ who will spend their eternity with him. He, he's explaining the process and he's simply using um, farming as a way for us to get it, okay? So the first soil basically is this, is that some, some unbelievers hear the gospel and nothing happens. He's talking about how somebody goes from being an unbeliever to being a follower of Christ. Some unbelievers hear the gospel, the seed is planted, Right now, guess what? I'm doing my best to plant the seed. I'm scattering the seed. 
Brandon and, 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 and Joseph were doing their best to plant the seed through the gospel message and songs. And there are some of you here, maybe you're watching online and maybe you're an unbeliever. And basically, nothing's happening. In fact, you just can hardly wait for this thing to get over with. Satan somehow shuts down people's minds to the truth and there's zero growth. And so the father is scattering seed. He's just using me right now. He was using Brandon just a little bit ago. We're doing our best. Pastor Lonnie is in series at our series campus. He's doing his best to plant the seed. He's scattering the seed. And there's going to be a percentage of people that just lands and nothing happens. My wife and I go on walks a lot and there's this field we go into and they planted all of this rice. And there's a footpath that we walk on. And that footpath is as hard, it's just hard, hard dirt. And we, when they planted the rice, there was seed all over that footpath. But it also ended up in the field. No wheat or rice grows on that footpath because people have simply walked on it, trucks have driven on it. It's just too hard. We can see the seed. It's, there it is. Some of the seed the birds came and ate. Maybe varmints came and ate it. I don't know. But it never took off. But literally right next to the footpath is the field. And we watched them. They tore it up, got it all ready, and then they planted the thing, and they put all the water in it, and it's, it's growing. The first soil, the primary message, is that the gospel is shared, and it could be in a context like this. It could be you take a buddy to coffee, you take a friend to coffee, and you do your best. You're scattering the seed. You're trying to tell them about Jesus. And they get up and walk away, and nothing happens, right? That's the first soil. The second soil is some believer, unbelievers hear the gospel, and something short-term happens. But problems and, and persecution snuff out their growth. There are some unbelievers who the seed is scattered, and, and, and something happens in their life. But there comes a moment because of problems and persecution. I, I don't know, they go to work and they tell the person in the cubicle next to them, man, I went to Big Valley Grace and I gave my life to Christ and I became a follower of Jesus and they start hammering you and making fun of you. Maybe it's a professor at, at, at the school you go to. I don't know who it is, but you start to get a little persecution. Maybe you're not invited to all the cool parties anymore and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think I like the direction my life's going right now. The third soil, some unbelievers hear the gospel and, and something unfruitful happens. As Cody said, 
We're not planting these trees and doing all this work to somehow have a tree that looks pretty. We, we want fruit on that thing. It'd be really dumb to do all that work and spend all that money plowing up the ground and doing all that stuff and plant a tree that were to grow and nothing happens on it. You get no fruit. That's the third soil. The worries of life and the lure of wealth somehow stunts its growth. There's something there. It just doesn't have much or maybe no fruit. And then the last soil is some unbelievers hear the gospel and it takes root and they grow and they bear fruit. The, the soil of their heart or their mind is ready for the truth. Those are, that's the primary message of this parable. Jesus wants his followers to understand how somebody goes from being an unbeliever to being saved. God is scattering seed. It could be a, your, your, your mom or your grandmother scattered seed. It could be a Sunday school teacher scattered seed in your life. It could be you listen to a radio broadcast. Maybe you went to a Billy Graham crusade. Maybe you came to a Christmas thing here or an Easter thing here. Seeds were being scattered. Maybe as a young person you went to a camp and seeds were scattered. And some people, man, just nothing happened. Others, there was some action, but something didn't go down. Others, there was, a, there was some growth, but no, nothing fruitful. And then others, wow. Their lives were totally rearranged. Their lives were transformed. But here's what I want to do. I want to come at this from a little different angle. I want to talk to those of you that are believers. Because I do think that there's application in this parable for those of us that know Christ. Remember, I just told you the primary reason why Jesus told this parable. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm coming at this from a little bit different angle now. I wanna talk to those of you that are believers. You see, one of the things that I hear all the time from people is this. Pastor Rick, you're always saying that you hear God speaking to you, but, but I don't. Even when I you know, read the Bible, I don't feel like I get anything out of it. Man, I, I come to church and we sing all these great, sacred, weighty, holy songs and you, know, you and Joel and Lonnie are pouring your guts out and you know what, I, I, I just feel like I'm not hearing from God. Is there something wrong with me? And the answer is yes. There's something wrong with you. God is speaking. And if you're not hearing him, it's not his fault. There's something wrong with you. God is speaking right now. He is scattering seed right now. And it all depends on the soil that it's landing on. 
as to whether you're going to get anything out of it or not. I um, told this story before. I love it, and I think it's appropriate to do it again. It's a story of this Native American, this Indian, who had a buddy who lived in um, New York City. He lived on a reservation, and his buddy invited him out to New York City, and so he flies out, and he's staying in a hotel right in downtown Manhattan, and his friend says, hey, listen, I'll pick you up right outside the hotel room at 9 a.m., and so this Native American gets up, gets dressed, goes down the elevator, walks out, and he's now you know, downtown, Fifth Avenue, New York City. Planes flying over, people walking everywhere with their cell phones, talking on their cell phones. The road is packed full of taxis honking, people are swearing and cussing, trying to hail a cab. I mean, it's just incredible the action that's taking place on this busy road, Fifth Avenue. Some of you have been there, I've been there, my wife and I have been there, it's crazy. Well, his buddy shows up, and they hug, and, you know, greet each other, and as they're starting to walk away, this Native American says, hey, hold on a second. I, I hear a cricket. And his friend says, what are you talking about? You hear a cricket. He goes, yeah, I'm telling you, I hear a cricket. He goes, there's no way you could hear a cricket. with all these jets flying over, and taxi cabs, and honking, and cussing, and swearing, and people just talking, and all this action. What do you mean you hear a cricket? He goes, yeah, I'm telling you, I hear a cricket. And so they made their way across the street and they found this little, you know, tree, a little bed of, you know, stuff and they moved some stuff away and sure enough, there was a cricket. His buddy goes, man, are you, what is with you, man? You, you must have superhuman, you know, ears. How in the world did you hear that? That's crazy. And he said, no, I don't have superhuman ears. And he pulled out of his pocket some coins. And he said, let me, let, me, let me illustrate it. Imagine cars, taxis, honking, jets, people walking, talking on their phone, texting. And he takes the coins and he throws them in the air. And those coins all hit the cement. Ding, 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 ding. And guess what everybody did? Stopped, and they were looking around. Huh. See, they had their ears tuned into money. They knew the sound of money when it hit cement. When you get here on a Sunday morning, what are you tuned in? What kind of soil do you have? You ready? Are you ready to sing these songs? Are you ready to receive a message? Are you prepared? What are you tuned into? When you go to men's, when you go to women's, when you go to CR, maybe you go to the youth group. What are you, what are you tuned into? Because what you're tuned into is going to make a difference in what happens when the seed is scattered in your life, Christian. So, let me kind of walk through um, these four soils, and I'm going to come at it from a different angle, as I said. 
The first oil is this. If, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, you got to be open to the fact that God wants to talk to you. I think this is where it all begins. You see, I think a lot of people can walk in these doors and, you know, you've made a profession of faith and for whatever reason you walk in here and you're just not even open to the fact that God wants to say anything to you. You're closed off to it. I, I don't know why. I don't know what's happened in your life. But you're not even open to the fact that God has something to say to you or your family. And so you're in here and it's like, you know what, this is just kind of what I do. I'm just here. And so I'm going to burn a bunch of calories, you know, spreading seed. And you're going to get up and walk out of here in a little bit and nothing's going to happen. Nothing. You come to men because, I don't know, your buddy drags you there each week and you sit down and you leave and nothing happens. You go to women's ministries and you go to a retreat or you hear some speaker and, and you go and just nothing happens, man. Because you're not even open to the fact or the idea that God may want to say something to you. James chapter one says this. This is just really profound. James says, so get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. See, God has already planted it in your hearts but something has goofed it up, filth, evil, pride. I don't know what it is. But nothing will happen to that seed that's been planted in your life if you don't deal with whatever it is. And I don't know what it is. You know what it is, and maybe in a little moment when you come up and take communion, maybe that's your prayer is, God, I've got some filth in my life, man. I, 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 I've just got some, some evil in my life. I, 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 just, I just haven't thought I needed you, you know? Man, I got my PhD. I'm a smart guy. What do I need you for, you know? And maybe, maybe that's gonna be your prayer before you take communion. That's your prayer of repentance, God, you know what, man, there's stuff in my life that's keeping the seed of the gospel from really growing in my life. So the first thing you gotta do if you wanna hear from God is you gotta be open to the fact that God wants to talk to you. And it, there could be other factors. I know people, and I'm gonna talk about this in a moment, you know, they prayed and prayed and prayed that their grandpa wouldn't die of cancer and their grandpa died of cancer. And they're angry and they're bitter. Tick to God. And so, you know what? I'm not, I'm here, but I'm not, nothing's happening. You're just closed off. I talked to God. I did all that and, you know, grandpa died or whoever. I don't know what it is. But believe it or not, look, 
if, if you want to hear from God, you've got to be open to the fact he's talking to you. And he's talking to you right now for some of you. Soil number two, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, you've got to set aside dedicated time to listen for God's voice. You see, this is the shallow soil or the shallow mind. These are people that can come here every weekend and when they hear the word of God preached, when they hear, you know, the, the gospel seeds are being uh, scattered and um, they get all excited about it and they react with great emotion, but they never let the word sink in and take root and so there's very little life change and I know a lot of people like this. Verse 20 says, with joy. They received the word with joy. They were singing songs, Brandon. Woo, 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 with joy. And then something happened. Something goes down. Verse 20 says, they received it immediately. Immediately, oh, they're singing that great song. They're hearing this, and immediately they receive, they receive it with joy. But then somehow they forget about it. You know people like this? When they're here on a weekend, man, they're so pumped, it's incredible. But they walk out the door, and they haven't even got out of the parking lot, and they're flipping off the guy who cut them off in the parking lot. They're angry. But man, when they were in here, woo! Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. And, and man, there's no life change. Maybe that's you. And, and your prayer when you come and take communion, is gonna be different. You see, the reason why you forget by the time you walk out the door is because you gotta set aside time. So, the, so that the roots of your faith can take hold. That takes some energy. You heard Cody. You know how much money they gotta spend to, you know, dig the field up and they got to get a tractor out there and they got to pay the guy to do it and they got to buy all the gasoline and then then they go hey we better we got to dig it deeper we got to rip it up and they got to get another tractor out there and they're digging up the so nothing's happening they're just blowing money they're just blowing money and then and then okay then they you know they got to buy the tree and they put the the, the, the tree in the ground and now they got to make sure it gets water and they got to drill a well and they got to you know give it nutrients and whatever all that is they're just blowing money because they want those roots to go deep so that at some moment something happens look I'll give you three things. You want roots. We're not building the space shuttle here. It's pretty simple. Number one, you got to dedicate some time every day just to read your Bible. That's pretty simple. And not every moment of you reading the scriptures is something amazing going to happen. <laughs> Nothing amazing happens when um, 
you know, I eat a, a sandwich. I eat it because my body needs the calories, and so I just eat it and I move on with my life. There are meals, especially dinners, where I go, whoa, whoa, that was good, woo, man. There are some of those kinds of meals. But, you know, in the morning I wake up, I make a couple eggs, I eat them, whatever. Yeah. I don't go, whoa! I don't know what chicken those came out of, but they got, that thing can lay some eggs, man. I don't know, that's unbelievable. And when I had COVID, man, I couldn't taste anything, I couldn't smell anything. I told my wife, just boil up a pair of shoes. Because it doesn't matter. Don't go spend a lot of dough on something because I don't know whether it tastes good or not. Guess what, Christian? There are going to be times when you read the word and guess what? You just go, oh, what was that about? Remember Matthew, beginning of Matthew? So-and-so begat so-and-so. 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 Man, there's a lot of begatting going on. What does it all mean? I thought Joel did a fine job helping us understand why Matthew starts with that. He wanted us to know that the Messiah, Jesus, the right guy, look at his lineage. Uh, so every, not every day, Saturdays my wife and I will go for a walk together and I don't, but usually Monday through Friday when I go on a walk, I got a routine. I wanted to listen to the word of God this year, whole Bible. Not just read it, but I wanted to listen to it. And so I got this Bible app and, you know, let me just tell you something. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The first few chapters of Genesis, wow. You, you get, and Joel and I talked about this. You get past about Genesis, I don't know, 13, 14. <sighs> wow. Now you're in Exodus. <laughs> yeah. Didn't I just listen to that? No, no, I, is this the, no, it's, no, he said it's the same thing. Leviticus, Numbers, oh, man, Deuteronomy, oh, please, Lord. How many more chapters of this am I listening to? I, I, I get it, I, I understand it. Do I, can, can I skip ahead? Just so no. Some, that, was a calor, that was caloric intake in my life. I needed it. Were there things that I just went, really? Yeah. Yeah. Were there moments where I went, wow, man, you know, I forgot about that. Wow, that is, yeah. Point is, is that you've got to take this. Got to have intake here. Every, every, single, every single day. Num number two, you gotta dedicate some time every day just to talk with God, have a conversation with him. And on my walk every day, I listen to the scriptures about 20 minutes or so, and then for 20 minutes I pray. Or do I have some amazing things to talk with God about? Not always. But certainly there are moments when, you know, I'll pray for my wife and 
I'll pray for my daughter and my son-in-law, my grandkids, and, and I'll you know, pray for my family, and every day I pray for Pastor Joel, and, and, and they're just things I'm just gonna talk to God about as I'm walking around. I'm just gonna talk to him. There are times when there's some really, really weighty things. And last but not least, you gotta dedicate some time to go to church every week. This is so necessary in our lives, and I want you to know something. We're the generation that understands that at a level most people don't, because there was a time during COVID we weren't here. And Joel and I, <clears throat> we'd stand up here, and literally there was nobody here. The worship band was up here, and they'd be playing and leading worship, and when they were done, they put their guitars up, and they all left the room. Where'd they go? <laughs> Can anybody be in here? There was a camera guy, but he was busy, you know, making sure that, you know, it was just empty. And I'll tell you what, you got done, and you, you just, you'd walk out of here. There was nobody here. And what was really interesting is you don't need me and Joel to do this. You can listen to preachers anytime you want. Dead guys are still preaching. You can listen to preachers that are far better than Joel and I anytime you want. You can listen to great worship music anytime you want. But here's what you can't do. is fellowship. The fellowship of believers. I, I never really thought about it until all of a sudden we opened back up and it was like, oh, there's people. There's people. People. <laughs> And, and I know I offended a bunch of you because we were just coming out of it. You got your mask on and everything, and I'm running over hugging you. And you're going, ah! <laughs> and I didn't care because I'm a hugger. I just needed to be around people. It was people. Uh, it was such, it was so life-giving. It's just life-giving. Tell you, it's one of the things one of the reasons why God says he wants us to come together like this. Yes, you get to hear great music and together, together we get to sing some of the great songs. Together we get to do that. There's something powerful about that. I remember the first Promise Keepers I went to. You know, there's like 50,000 dudes in the stadium. Just dudes. And you're waiting, and then all of a sudden, you know, they came out on the stage, you know, and all of a sudden we started singing songs. It was like, whoa, 50,000 dudes just singing. This is incredible. Woo! We were all singing the same songs. That's one of the powerful things. We're all hearing the same message, and it's needed in our lives. Three simple things. Getting God's word every day, pray every day, come to church once a week. I'll tell you right now. Your, your roots will go deep. If you don't do that, I don't know whether you hear from God or not. I, I don't know. The third soil, and two and three are kind of the same. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, you got to keep yourself free from the things that distract you from hearing God's voice. You see, there are things that 
I don't know, we get all worried about, we get all freaked out about, make us anxious. We worry about paying the bills right. We worry about our family. We worry about our, our businesses. Uh, for those of you that are single, man, maybe you're worried about a big date that's coming up, or maybe you're worried about a big test coming up if you're you know, a student or whatever, or maybe you're, you're worried about the promotion you hope you get at work. You're worried about making more money. Too many Christians are so busy making a living, you know, they forget to make a life. They're so consumed with making money that they don't have any time to listen to the voice of God, which means you'll never produce fruit. There'll be something there, but you won't produce fruit. Our brother Paul said this. He said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what God wants to do in my life. That's what God wants to do in your life. That's the fruit. Cody has a ranch where they're producing almonds, right? God's not trying to produce an almond in your life. He's trying to produce this fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And so it's easy to go, you know, is that happening in my life? Do I got that kind of fruit in my life? Love, joy, peace, patience. If you do, praise the Lord. If you don't, maybe that's your prayer. When you come up, you say, God, you know, I come to church and I, th- I know I'm a believer, and, but I don't see much fruit in my life. And maybe, maybe your prayer is going to be, God, thank you for what all this represents. You know, you're, but man, God, help me. Help me not to let the worries or wealth or whatever those things are goof me up. And by the way, it can be a good thing. Good things will goof, goof up what God wants to do in your life, will choke out fruit. And let me tell you, one of those, serving the Lord. Huh? Yeah, Luke 10 gives us a great story. The two sisters, Martha and Mary. And Martha is, you know, busy getting the iced tea, vacuuming, you know, and dusting. And, you know, all Mary's doing is just hanging out with Jesus. What a loser! She's just sitting there listening to you, Lord. Look what all the stuff I'm doing. I got the tea, I got the pot roast going, I got all the stuff going, get her up, man. And Jesus says, no, I'm not gonna do that, Martha. She's chosen the better thing. It is possible for believers to get so busy, you know, doing good things that they don't got any time to listen to God because they're doing a lot of good things. So don't think that it's only bad, evil things that can goof you up. No, you can do good things. Sometimes the good things become the enemy of the very best, right? Satan's no dummy. If all we had to do was choose between good and evil, the Christian life would be simple. Satan goes, yeah, here's some really good things just to distract us from the very best. So maybe, I, I don't know, when you come up, the Lord's gonna do whatever he needs to do in, in your life. You know, Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, right? But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of, of God. Hey, look, we need bread. Our physical bodies need bread, but that's not what helps the spiritual life, the inner man, the new man. That, that, that takes something different. And 
Last but not least, if you wanna grow in your relationship with God, you gotta make a commitment to actually do what God tells you to do. Okay, and this is the big one. If you wanna hear from God, if you really want to hear the voice of the Lord in your life, you gotta make a commitment up front that when you hear God's voice, it's a done deal. Done deal. It's the attitude that says, okay, God, I don't know what I'm gonna read today. I don't know what I'm gonna hear today as the seed is scattered, whether it be through music or through the message. I, I don't know what it is. I'm going to men. I don't know what the preacher's gonna preach, you know? I just know I'm going, I'm, I'm going to women. I don't, I don't know what Heather's gonna share. I don't, I'm going to CR. I don't know what the seed is, but I'm making a commitment up front to do it. That's the fourth soil. You see, you can't go, well, I'm on my way to church today, and as the seed scattered, I'll make a decision on whether I want to do it or not after I hear it. Man, don't waste your time. You've already made a decision. I, I, man, it may be hard, it may be difficult, but I'm coming. And as the seed scatter, I'm making a commitment up front, God, that whatever it is you have for me, I'm in. That's scary, isn't it? Whew. Man, that's really scary. Could you imagine if Jesus said to the disciples, hey guys, listen, I want you to follow me. I'm gonna make you fishers of men. But um, here's the deal. You're all gonna die. He didn't tell them any of that. He said, follow me, I'm gonna make you fishers of men. And they went, okay. They leave their boats and their stuff. And they just do it. I love what James says in James chapter one. He says, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you're just fooling yourself. If you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Listen, online, whatever. It's easy to sit here, right, and hear, you know, have seeds scattered in your heart. That's easy. It's easy to sit at home and hear seeds scattered. Easy to go to men's, women's, or whatever it is, and hear seeds scatter. It's easy to sit on the side of a hill or on the bank of, a, of the Sea of Galilee and listen to Jesus scatter seed. That's easy. Anybody can do that. The hard part is the seed lands. I'm going, okay. I'm going to go do it. I'm gonna live it out. It's gonna become a part of my moral framework. It's gonna become a part of my ethics or whatever, whatever word you wanna use. I don't like it. I don't feel good about it. Doesn't make sense to me. But God, you said it. And so I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna live it out. And when you have that kind of heart, you're, the tree of your life will be packed full of fruit. 
So let me ask you a question. As I was scattering the seed today, what type of soil did it land on? What kind of soil did it land on? Only you know that. We're gonna sing a song. And as we're singing that song all around in here, up in the balconies, we have all of our uh, communion cups. And for those of you that are visiting, all you gotta do is rip off the top and you'll find the little wafer in there. And you gotta be a little careful as you rip off the, the top where the juice is. These are COVID approved and we got a whole bunch of them. So we wanna use them up kind of a thing. And just as a reminder, that little piece of bread represents the fact that Jesus came. The second person of the Holy Trinity the Son came and lived a perfect life, a beautiful life, a majestic life for you. 33 plus years, wow, for you. Lived a sinless life. The juice represents the fact that as beautiful of life as that was, wasn't enough to cleanse us of our sins. He was gonna have to shed his blood. He voluntarily went to a cross and died a horrific death. Blood all over the place. The cross was a really, really bloody, horrific place. And that's what those elements represent. And when you come, you can go back to your chair and kneel if you want, stand if you want, but this is a great song. When you're done, you can sing along, and then Pastor Joel will wrap up, up our time, okay? Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I'm grateful, God, that at some moment the soil of my heart was such that when the word was scattered, when the gospel seed was scattered, it took root. Thank you, Jesus. May this just be a wonderful time remembering you and all that you've done for us. And I pray this in your name. Amen.